0: Welcome to Blooming, a podcast by 20 somethings for 20 somethings, navigating how to grow up. I'm Tesla. And I'm Britt. And we'll be your co hosts.
1: This week, as well as sharing our Adulting Wins and Fails and Adulting 101 resources, we will be talking about breaking up with a friend and the grief that comes with it. Before we get into it, though, I want to shout out to our 0.5 percentage of listeners. That's such a specific number. (laughs) I was looking at our analytics and noticed that we have a few people listening from countries like Ireland, Costa Rica, Mexico, Panama, and South Africa. So welcome to our international buds.
0: So cool. Hey, I wonder how these people are finding us because like, I mean, I certainly have no connections in any of those places in the world, but... I mean, I'm happy to have them here. Hello,
1: welcome. We're definitely happy to have you. We'd love to know how you did find us. So send us a DM. And also, Tessa, we have to address some constructive feedback (laughs) on our episode with Gabby Blake.
0: Love this for me.
1: Your mother, (laughs) Kate Charters, was not impressed that um, we didn't give more credit to Gabby on the design of her Glamour Artistry Beauty Salon. Kate, I just wanna say you are so right. We did touch on this, but we definitely could have drawn more attention to our appreciation for Gabby's beautiful space.
0: Oh my gosh, like mum's just discovered Instagram (laughs) and she's gone wild. She was like messaging me, she was messaging Gabby about the fact that we hadn't brought this uh, (laughs) up. Like I'm very grateful for the support. So like, I can't complain, but also she's gone a bit rogue. (laughs) Mum, we had more important things to talk about than like the beautiful salon. There was a lot going on in that chat. I know. Did you not listen to the rest of the content, Kate? But other than that, other than my mum giving us some feedback, <laughs> how was your week, Brooke? Yes, my work week was pretty
1: standard.
0: Um, I don't know if you follow Jimmy
1: Fallon on Instagram, but I did see this week that he posted about a new shoe that Nike's created that makes wearing sneakers accessible for people with disability or the elderly, which I think is so awesome. Yeah, you shared this with me and yeah. it was so
0: cool yeah. and like, so innovative. Yeah, loved it. The
1: design- design of it, it just like slides on and clips onto your foot. So, really cool things. Um, And then, yeah, Tessa and I actually spent last weekend together doing something other than recording.
0: Hell yeah, we did. (laughs) I feel like it's actually pretty rare for us to just like hang out these days. Like, blooming has taken over our lives, but in the best way possible, I will say. Um, But yeah, this week has mostly been spent with like the birthday celebrations. And over the weekend, I took the festival of Tessa out of the big smoke and into the country. And so, like, a bunch of my friends went away to my family's property in rural Queensland. And in true and very classic Tessa style, it was just a little bit extra. (laughs) And yes, in the words of Gabby Mills, we got wasty pants. (laughs) Yes, we did. (laughs) But also I'm exhausted. Like the property is very much the glamping lifestyle. Like it's not anything or fancy and I've never had such a big group there before so there's been a lot of prep work and it was also probably a bit ambitious if I'm being completely honest <laughs> but also wouldn't change it for the world it was such a nice weekend and like my favorite faces in one of my favorite places in the world and it's my favorite month celebrating my favorite things so lots of favorites, wins all around there I will just mention that <laughs> my dad, when I came to record this, he was like, oh, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to record a podcast. And he said, Aren't you too old to record that podcast now? And I was like, no, dad, it's about being in your <gasps> 20s. Whoa. I have to wait till I turn 30.
1: Tony, like, <laughs> she's aged one year, not five. I'm not irrelevant yet. There's still time. I mean, you're not irrelevant if you've aged five years and you're 30 either. <laughs>
0: no, but for a podcast about 20 something <laughs> exactly, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah.
1: Oh, and on the note of your birthday, you guys, I just wanted to let you know you're going to love what I got tested for our birthday. It's very appropriate. She got a plant and she's going to have to be a plant mom now and be an adult and look after the plant. And I have to help the plant to
0: bloom. Exactly.
1: And the pot says bloom. so. I
0: feel like you nailed it. Thank you so much. It's such a good gift. Now I just have to keep it alive. No pressure. No pressure. It could be an adulting fail in weeks to come. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, now it's time for adulting wins and adulting fails from the week. Britt, what do you have for me?
1: I have a fail. Oh no. I know, a gosh! a gush. <laughs> it's been a while since I've brought a win. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes I forget to close old bank accounts. Maybe if
0: you didn't have so many bank accounts, you wouldn't have that issue. Don't change the topic.
1: <laughs> when I opened a new one, and yeah, like I've said in previous episodes, I'm a serial bank account opener. I had this international bank account from my first solo trip overseas back in like, 2014 back um, when travel was a thing I know back when travel was a thing when I got the card um like I booked through uh what is it um flight center or SDA travel one of those mm-hmm. and they gave me like a card that was specifically for international travel so you um could convert the currency to whatever I mean I didn't know that like mm-hmm. flight center
0: and SDA whatever it is Did those kind of cards?
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought
0: like only banks did that.
1: No, yeah, this was just like offered. Oh, like it's through a bank, but it was part of the package. Sorry. Oh, right, okay. Um, And yeah, they said it would expire within two years' time. So I was like, well, I'm going to use it for this one trip and I won't need it in Australia anyway. So I don't need to renew it. And I just thought that if it was expired, I would automatically close, but it didn't. When Lucky and I got our mortgage at the end of the year, um, it attached to my old Suncorp account, which had all of – my like old contacts and addresses and bank accounts in it and so the other day when I was transferring myself money to a different account I accidentally selected the wrong account of mine to transfer money into and it was the cash passport account so now I have this amount of money stuck in an international bank account and I'm going to get stung with a $10 transaction fee to move it back to an Australia-based account so yes for whoever needs to hear it this is your reminder to close any bank accounts you no longer use and update your address book (laughs) in your
0: Um, mobile
1: banking app yeah I feel
0: like that's such a weird way for them to have done it to like open your bank account overseas like anytime I've gotten a travel money card Mm. like with ComBank or whatever it's still within ComBank within ComBank so I don't actually like have to pay any no
1: that's what it is now but back back then then. yeah back then I don't think they had that like a lot of banks didn't offer the international stuff yeah
0: I definitely do still have an international bank account from Mm. when I lived in London though but is it it's like open. It's open, yeah. <laughs> but I do still have like just like a little bit of money in there because one of my friends, one of my best friends still lives over there. And so when she comes back to Australia and she has no money here, we transfer if we need to do money swaps like with our UK bank accounts. Ah. But I'm like at some stage they're gonna realise I'm not living in the UK. <laughs> at
1: some point you'll get a call. Yeah. Um, but onwards I'm And hoping- not
0: upwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you can hold the team up this week with a win. Well, as I said, not upwards, I unfortunately cannot hold the team up with a win this week because I have a fail. And for me, I feel like it's a pretty big one, to be honest. So recently, JJ got a bit of a cold. It's okay, he got tested, it's not COVID, took all the precautions, but I wanted to be extra safe. So I like wanted to rewash all of my sheets just to like disinfect my room, make it all clean, which is all well and good, except I only own one set of sheets. So I have to wash and dry in the same day, which is usually fine because I just like get up early, put them on, like get them through and get them back on my bed. But I was actually away. So I just came home and didn't have time on my side. So they didn't dry oh no (laughs) and while mum could lend me like a bottom sheet and a top sheet I cannot sleep without a doona are you the same no I can sleep without a doona oh I have to have like the weight of a doona on me so even in summer like middle of summer yeah even in summer I like feel weird if I don't have the weight of a doona on me so I would rather swelter under a doona. I need a sheet
1: like I need something but I because otherwise like the boogeyman will get me but
0: <laughs> that's how I feel about a doona she does not offer enough protection <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um but also yeah do you call it doona or duvet doona doona I call it doona too but JJ calls it a duvet it's well JJ so sounds
1: much fancier than me <laughs>
0: no. um but anyway so I ended up sleeping like in this bottom sheet and top sheet and then just like had a naked doona on top of me and then put a blanket on that. So I felt like I wasn't actually touching it. So I was like, for one night, this is fine. Sheets will be dry tomorrow, we'll be good. But I definitely slept in those sheets for way longer than I'd like to admit.
1: You and and the washing fails, honestly.
0: I know. And so then like the top sheet got all like skewiff and because I move around in my sleep and I ended up sleeping just with the Nike Doona. And so (laughs) then I was like, this is gross. I have to wash the Doona. And so then I had to wash the Doona. And yeah, it was just a time consuming mistake.
1: I feel like I've definitely been there before though, except Locke and I haven't had someone to spare us sheets. So... And it's usually been when we've come home after a night out. So we end up like curling up in fetal position (laughs) on the mattress topper, lol. (laughs) Look,
0: I have been known to do that too. Mattress toppers are not comfortable for the record. We
1: often talk about how to console ourselves after the breakup of a romantic relationship. In fact, we touched on this last week during our in bloom conversation with Gabby Mills. However, today we want to talk about what it's like going through a friendship breakup.
0: Yeah, and this chat's just going to be Britt and I, so no special guests. Just you got to listen to us in your ears for, <laughs> for the next little bit. But yes, uh, very different, but still equally heartbreaking kind of breakup if you ask me
1: yeah so by the time you're in your 20s it's likely you've experienced a friendship breakup whether it's due to an immature miscommunication mutual or contrasting feelings for someone or even just growing apart breaking up with a friend and losing one of the main characters in your life at the time is going to hurt the loss of a close friend can have impacts on your mental emotional and physical health And in a way, I think the loss of a friendship can leave us raw and aching in a way no romantic relationship can. This is because friendship is felt in different parts of our life and in a different part of our lives. We confide in friends and rely on them for support. When I lost my best friend a few years ago, I felt like we'd pulled a crucial block in Jenga and all of a sudden my world was teetering on unstable ground, ready to crumble with the slightest nudge.
0: Yeah, I feel like that was really well said and a super good summary of what it's like going through a friendship breakup. I think the older we get as well, like the weirder it is having friendship breakups. I don't know, because we hit all these big milestones and like have exciting news and you want to share it with that person and when they're not there it's like even more glaringly obvious um, because they're the person you'd usually turn to and share that with you know and yeah. so I was reading an article from ship psychology on how in psychology the loss of a major relationship such as a friendship but not a, um, a romantic relationship feels like disenfranchised or marginalized grief So this is a term coined by Dr. Kenneth Doker who defined this grief as one that cannot be openly acknowledged, socially sanctioned or publicly mourned because even though the loss of a friendship can be excruciating, we might not feel like we have permission to grieve it like we would a romantic breakup, Hmm. which I found to resonate really strongly with how I felt about a friendship breakup that I've had in my life. Um, It was like it's happened but I didn't really feel like I was allowed to feel that loss in some ways.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. You and I have had quite different experiences of losing a friend. What we want to do in this episode is share our experiences moving through the stages of grief. Some of you might relate and have gone through a similar experience in your 20s. And hopefully we can help anyone who's going through their own friendship breakup and moving through these stages.
0: Okay, so there are five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But before we jump into this, we just want to say that while we are talking about our experiences here, um, we are going to keep specific details like quite vague as we don't want to cause any further hurt to the people involved in these situations. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the first stage, like you said, is denial. That could be denying the toxicity in a friendship because you don't want to lose the friendship or maybe denying that the friendship has
0: morphed into something different than what it was in the beginning. Um, on a less serious note, drink for every time we say friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, for me the denial thing was kind of super apparent because I was ghosted by my friend, so it definitely left me in a massive state of denial when nothing has really come to a head as such, or there hasn't really been like a big. Low out I feel like it's really easy to just pretend like nothing had happened or I don't know you're both just really busy at work and just make excuses for why you aren't feeling as close as you once were it was kind of like this person gradually erased themselves from my life and it happened so slowly that I didn't even notice at first I'm also a huge avoider of confrontation so I think I stayed in my denial as a way to not address the subject for way longer than I should have in hindsight
1: yeah that is hard in my situation, I definitely felt denial too. There were moments where my friend was starting to act different. um, For example, making uncharacteristic comments or saying things about me to other people in our group. And so I definitely, it was maybe a little bit more
0: obvious. That is just so awful. And I feel like I, like, I really feel for you because it was, I guess, slightly easier for me because this person wasn't a part of my main friendship group. So while I knew there were probably things being said about me behind my back, I wasn't as fussed because I wasn't so invested in the opinions of those who it was being said to. And I don't think it ever was going to get back to me, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for me, this definitely hit close to home. And at the time, I didn't want to believe it because when things came back to me, I thought that surely like... There'd been a misinterpretation because we'd been through so much together. So to purposely hurt each other would be
0: wild. So out yeah. of character.
1: The Jenga piece in my situation was also just such a silly miscommunication. You know, young girls, like something I thought that we could reinforce and move on from.
0: Yeah I also had I like your Jenga piece analogy. I also had a Jenga piece that was also a silly miscommunication but I feel like in my case this miscommunication was also kind of like the last straw for this friend and really it was like much more than that. I think this person had probably been like slowly building up resentment resentment towards me and the miscommunication was when it like finally was addressed. Mm. Um, So that's like the denial stage and then denial turns into anger and being angry so this could be being angry at the person for doing something or treating you a certain way or even angry at the situation and what it's done to your friendship is this something you've experienced
1: yeah a hundred percent I was so frustrated at the situation because like I said to me it wasn't something major and I just couldn't see the point in in it in fighting and because other people in our group were brought into it, I just thought it was something we could work out ourselves. Um, I was angry that they didn't want to fix things and frustrated that the person I thought I knew and had built a strong bond with all of a sudden wanted nothing to do with me or our friendship. Did you, is this kind of how you felt? Or?
0: Um, yeah, kind of. So I think after, okay, so I'll, I'll explain it this way. So after the lengthy ghosting and zero effort made, on one side, I got like a really nasty message from this friend. And I think that's when like the anger kind of hit me. So anger was a hard one for me because I'm the ki- not the kind of person who gets angry easily. So like overall, I'm pretty calm and level-headed I'd say, but the reason that this one made me so angry it was is because it was a stab at someone else who was really important in my life and when someone hurts someone else that I love I'm more likely to like feel the feels. The other thing that I guess kind of made me angry was after this happened I tried extending olive branches and I think frustration like that was the right word to describe it like I didn't get any reciprocation. And like, yeah, it just felt like I tried so hard. And it felt like that person just obviously didn't care as much as I did. Mm. And I think that made me the most angry. And it just I don't know, it all just felt like very high school and very immature. And I just felt like we were past that.
1: Yeah, I guess that is kind of similar to my case being that like, I was angry that other relationships in my life were also left vulnerable. So Anger then can become a phase of bargaining. So reacting to the vulnerability of losing part of you is often a need to regain control. So if onlys form an attempt to bargain and are often accompanied by guilt. So blaming yourself, even though it's a two-way street. In my case, I definitely found myself thinking, you know, like if only we had stopped and listened to each other or if only I had been able to convince her that, like offending her was not my intention but the thing was I did try these things and there was no point like she had made a decision that she didn't want our friendship to continue she no longer valued it and there was nothing that I could do to change that
0: she just like made up her mind and Mm. didn't involve you in that decision yeah
1: um you can blame yourself all you like but sometimes there's just nothing you can do in the situation and
0: like some friendships are meant to set sail Love that. Set sail. Good one. I uh, see what you did there. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think for me, the bargaining side of things like bubbles down to the fact that I'm so much of a people pleaser. So I really struggle when someone doesn't like me. Like I will then go above and beyond to try and get them to Mm -hmm. like me. Like it really hurts my feelings. And so bargaining was then, of course, like a huge player in my friendship loss. So I'd flip flop all over the place, like try and please them and then get angry and be like, well, why am I trying to please them when they're not making any effort mm. and then like overthink things and go around in like one big messy circle so I definitely blame myself but then like I said I'd kind of bounce back to anger and be like wait why am I feeling all of this guilt like yeah. if I'm making so much of an effort it's yeah like you said a way street
1: and you get confused because it's like you've been friends with this person for a long time and you think you know them so it's like why
0: yeah for sure and like you said I just don't think she valued the friendship and I also definitely as an overthinker went through a lot of what ifs and trying to figure out like pinpoint exactly where it had all gone wrong and like how I could have resolved it um, but going back to my issues with confrontation at the time and even now I do wonder if I had approached this friend earlier, would we have worked it out? Like faced it head on, gotten over it or was the damage already done by that point? Mm. When we can't resolve it, it bloody hurts. It does.
1: Which brings us to depression, the sadness and regret, the devastation that you're losing someone important in your life and the wishing things could go back to how they used to be.
0: Yeah, I think my friendships as a whole made this stage a different experience to yours from what you've told me about yours and in many ways again I think it was made a lot easier which I'm pretty grateful for so this particular friendship loss was a friend that had really only been in my life for a few years so while this friendship was super impactful and obviously super important to me and while we shared so many moments memories and laughs together This person was never really the glue that like held my life together. So while I still shared a lot with this person, I had other friends who had been by my side for a longer time who were like my ride or dies and who had seen much more of the good, the bad and the ugly and accepted me for it anyway. Um, I think that if we had continued our friendship how it had been in those earlier years, we definitely would have gotten to that stage but obviously just wasn't meant to be. So I think the biggest thing with us is we bonded in seconds and our relationship went from like zero to 100 really quickly. And I honestly think it was just a case of we burnt really hard and fast and we just burnt out
1: too quickly. Mm. Yeah, I really like that analogy of burning hard and fast and then out quickly because I feel like that's a lot of the time, like you form these friendships in your 20s and they are You bond over certain things that are happening in your lives, and then some some friendships last, and some don't.
0: Yeah, and I feel like with like in your twenties, there are so many moving parts, and so many things are changing all the time. Like once you like what you first bonded over Mm. could dissipate super quickly, and then it's like, well, where to from here? Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, while I do miss this person and still do think about it, I think that like because of the specifics to my situation. Depression is something I skimmed over a bit. So I found it and still find it especially hard when Facebook or Snapchat memories pop up and whack Mm, me in the face. Do you have that same – yeah. And I don't know, I just feel like I want to message that person and be like, oh, my gosh, this was so funny or, oh, my gosh, has it already been five years since that happened? Or being like, oh, my gosh, do you remember when we did this? remember this this night? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it's really sad having to remember those things by myself like very one-sided and knowing that the memories are now like slightly tainted by the hue of our friendship breakup. And I also wonder if this person is looking at those memories too and what they're thinking in that moment. So that's probably what got and still does get me down the most. Mm. Um, I think also when you reach out to someone about memories, which I have tried to do, I did try and be like, oh my gosh, do you remember this? I can't believe it's been this long. Um, Or just like send a message to check in and you get left on scene. It's just like a bit of a stab to the heart.
1: Yeah, I felt this phase pretty hard. Um, We hadn't been like friends of our whole lives. But like you said, some people just bond straight away and like then start going through a lot of, I guess, milestones or experiences in their 20s together. Losing this person that I had been spending every free moment with. So... Messaging each other detail of our days, planning our weekends around each other or like um, whose house we'd be getting ready at, whose house we'd stumble home to after a night out and whose bed we'd fall into and eat nuggets and debrief on our adventures that evening. We knew each other's favourite side for photos and knew to consult before
0: uploading. Yes, this is a sticky point for Brit and my <laughs> friendship. Um, we did bond hard and fast and we have luckily grown up together and grown through those phases together. But we still both have the same good side <laughs> and someone, not mentioning any names, Brit... Uploads only the ugliest
1: photos of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to upload a photo where I'm not on my good side.
0: Yeah, but you always end up looking good, and I always end up. I looking feel the cool. same when you
1: upload. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> Otherwise, we'll have a friendship breakup. No. <laughs> um Yeah, this person and I had shared so many laughs and so many tears. We'd each had our hearts broken by silly boys. Silly silly boys. And being there to hold each other up and each other's hair back. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we'd shared secrets insecurities and completely accepted each other regardless we'd lived through all the wild and wonderful experiences of our early 20s together and then I found myself on my own so I'd lost the person who made all the personal jokes personal the person who was a sister and had turned into a stranger within a matter of days I think that's
0: something that's really hard with like friendship breakups is they do like it can they be become so stra- sharp yeah so yeah. sharp and um, it's just crazy to think that the person who you shared your deepest dark secrets with mm. is now a stranger and you have no idea what's going on in their life. Yeah. They have no idea what's going on in your life. Like it's pretty intense.
1: And on a level you're always going to care. Like I'm always going to care and hope, that, I mean, that she's doing well and, you know, achieving her dreams and everything that we had once bonded over. But it's just I'll never know mm. from her, you know. I found myself surrounded by spare time that had once been filled with somebody else. My fingers would aimlessly navigate the apps on my phone with no messages or memes to respond to that sounds so
0: lonely yeah
1: it was like because I would always have so many text messages like Mm -hmm. or you know Instagram DMs like sharing memes and all of a sudden like nobody cared about me and no one was sending me memes (laughs) of course I still had other friends but not ones that I had at that time invested so much you know time each day connecting with It took me a while to readjust to life without this friend and to work on my other friendships and find new friendships to fill that space. I'll admit my hurt and anger definitely lasted longer than I should have let it. When people asked what happened to that friend and why we weren't ever together anymore.
0: That would have been so hard.
1: Yeah, I like blamed them for a long time, which... I mean, I said that they hadn't been a good friend and that I was better off without them in my life, which I guess is a bit of a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, although I did try to reinforce our Jenga stack, the friendship would have never existed without the both of us. I don't think that it should be about blaming one another or saying one person is at fault. Like some people are just meant to be in our lives for a certain period, but not forever. We needed each other during that period and I'm glad I was there to support them and them me.
0: Yeah, so like you kind of learnt what you needed to for that friendship. Yeah,
1: and this kind of leads us to acceptance. So accepting that you've grown apart and need to go your separate ways, accepting your actions and theirs and not holding it against them or yourself, accepting that life will go on and that you'll find new friends moving forward.
0: Yeah, I feel like acceptance for me came pretty quickly and I'm not trying to like like downplay how bad the situation was because it was but um when acceptance came it did really feel like a bit of a relief like a bit of a weight off my shoulders like I don't think I necessarily realized I'd been carrying around these feelings for so long Mm -hmm. um and I guess acceptance kind of snuck up on me but yeah it was kind of like I could breathe again and it's like such a cliche that like time heals everything but really like yeah I just could breathe more and more easily the further we got away from that. Situation and the mm. breakup past. So looking back now and reflecting on the experience kind of made me in some ways realise that I'm better off. Like, as you said, we got what we needed from each other at that time and the relationship was really valuable and I learned a lot from it. But as they say, like, everything happens for a reason and I'm a big believer in that. So I kind of feel like we met when we were supposed to mm. and we parted ways when we were supposed to. So... Yeah, it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. Is that the Yeah saying? So when I was in the middle of this friendship, I didn't see things so clearly, obviously. So looking back now, I remember feeling really guilty if I was hanging out with other people rather than this friend or I had to like lie and hide things like my happiness and big things that were going on in my life because I didn't want to hurt this person and cause yeah. upset. And it's something I came to to you about when I had to like hide some big things and you were like I think you need to tell them and I was like yeah but I don't want to hurt them and it was like really hard and it's just not who I am and it's not the yeah. friend that I want to be either.
1: Yeah, and I 100% agree with that like at the time we were so connected in every way, but then in hindsight looking back there's there were signs that we just weren't meant Compatible. to be yeah, yeah right like we connected because of one period in our life that brought us together but looking back like we had different values and opinions and there were times where I found myself yeah disagreeing but then not wanting to say it because I thought it would go against you know our friendship yeah, or like kind you didn't
0: of didn't want to cause a fuss no so, yeah.
1: and so I think yeah hindsight looking back I can definitely see that now like the
0: red flags
1: but I guess just That, I mean, it's a way of accepting that they're not supposed to be that friend that you, you know, spend your whole life with and carry on into the future years.
0: Yeah, like I think what you said there about, like, you connected over one thing that was, like, specific to what was happening in your Mm. life at the time. That is super relatable to my case as well. And I do think it's really hard when you're in the midst of something to acknowledge, like, how detrimental a relationship actually is to you. So... I also think it's important that in looking back I can acknowledge my part in it like if I had been maybe more open and honest from the start um we could have yeah like talked it through but no one is perfect and I'm sure this friend was just as hurt and upset as I was Mm. but we just there wasn't like we couldn't meet in the middle and like discuss things clearly it was just kind of like she was hurt I was hurt and we couldn't get past it. And that's the
1: thing though like when you're both hurting, you're not always going to act in the most 100% logical, yeah, like rational, way. rational way. So because they were close in our friendship group, I still see them now at events and it, I still get a bit nervous. I guess just because it had been such a hurtful time in my life and I'm sure theirs as well, I still get nervous because I don't know
0: like, what to say or how to act. It's yeah. so weird because you once were so comfortable with this yeah. person and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, what do I do? Like
1: And second guessing how you're acting and just mm. like, yeah, not being comfortable. Or being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something I still need to work on. I just, I'm a bit more of like a... Introvert? Uh, Yeah. Non-confrontational. Yeah, me too. I just don't like, I would love if I could get to a stage where we could, you know, run into each other in the middle of the street and say oh hi how are you doing and like care about what's happening in each other's lives I just whenever I do end up seeing them out or whatever I can't process my actions right in order to get to that stage and
0: do you find yourself when I run into my friend I just kind of freak out (laughs) yeah yeah I like act in a way that's not myself and then yeah. I'll spend the rest of the time like the night or whatever overthinking,
1: th- overthinking me and, and thinking and what like, you could have oh done my, in that situation yeah. how and, you should have acted what you should have mm-hmm. said like
0: and being like oh my gosh that was weird are they thinking about how weird that was is this gonna make it worse but like, in a way
1: I do think this is kind of like a romantic relationship it is. because when you run into like your ex or whatever well I don't I don't know about you but if I run into a an ex or someone, and it has been like a messy one. Or if, like, if I was single and I ran into an ex that I still had feelings for, or whatever, I would freak out a bit and not know what to say mm. and act stupid and a say the wrong rush. things and yeah, like because you just overthink the situation. and
0: Yeah, I feel like it's a bit like fight or flight as well. <laughs> You're like, I just like want to get out of there. I'm like, yeah, no. or I end up. St- just word vomiting yeah. yeah yeah and then I'm like oh my gosh what have I just told this person <laughs> why they don't care about like, these details <laughs> yeah and then they're always like oh I'm
1: just gonna, like play it cool play it cool oh. they're
0: like I'm gonna go now and I'm like damn it why didn't I act cool <laughs> and then you overthink what yeah. all that whole conversation I, for like, days I know it just like plays on repeat in my head and I'm like next time I'll say this but when it comes to next time <laughs> I'm still not gonna freak that. out <laughs> it's just like Oh, you just I feel like your brain and mouth just disconnect yeah. and I get, like, sweaty and, like... Yes. Yes, like, <laughs> shaky. It's like adrenaline rush, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I do want to just also say that, yeah, it's a very different circumstance for me than you because I don't really have to see this person. Yeah. And so I feel like I am and was so lucky to have so many other people and like amazing people in my life that I could fill my time up with and like I was actually able to get closer to those people because I had didn't have like so much of my time absorbed by this one other friendship and so because we're in very different friendship groups I also like just found it easy to kind of pretend like that friendship had never existed in some ways and so it was easy to avoid like reminders of them and it just, I think, made acceptance come that bit quicker. Mm. Yeah. Like
1: when you're talking about overthinking a conversation days later, like we just have to remember that people are also in their own worlds and thinking about themselves, not you. And like I know how a sad is that, but it's a human thing. <laughs> I read this group interview with LA based depth psychologist Dr. Carter Stout which explained we're grieving a part of us we think we can't be without, but truthfully, this is not the case. We will continue to love and thrive even in the absence of this person who may have well left an undeniable mark. It may take time, but inevitably you will grow to see that no one in the world has the power to define you other than yourself. You are dynamic, strong, divine, even if it doesn't seem like it in the moment. Hell yeah, we are. (laughs) The truth is we can't control anyone besides ourselves. It's narcissistic to believe otherwise. And sometimes even the best people make mistakes or let us down.
0: Yeah, I think that was really well put. I think it's important to acknowledge that these stages do take time and that in my experience you can take steps backwards as you try and move forward. I didn't 100% yeah, I didn't like magically move through all the steps but in ways I kind of like bounced around all five before landing on acceptance yeah yeah in even reliving this friendship breakdown in preparation for recording this podcast was hard to like bring up yeah. all those old memories and like rehash how you were feeling like I kind of had felt like that chapter of my life was closed because I got into acceptance. Um, And then to think about everything all over again. Yeah, for sure. But I also, we decided that it was an important discussion to have and that there are so many people who would have gone through the same thing or who are currently going through the same thing. Yeah, I just, every friendship is Mm. different and every friendship loss is different and there are just so many factors at play. So while it takes time to adjust to a new normal and life without the person, like one day you will feel whole without them and just don't rush the process or think that you magically have to like go through all stage like all five stages in order in order yeah
1: yeah well said I definitely agree with you about the bouncing around period it's definitely not as simple as the stages of grief make it out to be nope We'd like to end on a piece which I know reminded me of this particular friendship breakup and I think was the same for you Tessa.
0: Yep it was.
1: It's from The Space Between by Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Great book if you haven't read it you should. It's called The Space Between Being a Good Friend and a Bad One.
0: So like for context this book has like several little essays in it so mm-hmm. that's what that essay is called.
1: Yep, yeah, and this is just one little segment. Some of my friendships are done, gone for good, but as much as it hurt to let them go, those breakups clarified what I do and don't want from my friendships and the kind of friend I want to be. I lost a best friend, now we're nothing to each other, only not really, because her shadow will always be there. Losing her sketched out the ebbs and flows that define this decade of confusion. It showed me that under the pressure of finding careers, love, well-being, adventures, ourselves, we fuck up we act in ways we didn't think that we were capable of and sometimes our transgressions are a little more serious than gladiator sandals and fuck boys <laughs> named jack <laughs>
0: the j's hey
1: yes it also taught me that in the harshest way possible that there's always room to be a better more patient more forgiving friend the heartbreak showed me that sometimes in order to grow you need to let people go it was the right decision to end the friendship we had become different people we weren't what the other needed anymore But part of me will always hope that one day we'll see each other and grin, ready to catch up on everything that's happened in the space between.
0: Love that. So there would be, I think we just want to say that there would be so many different reasons and types of friendship breakups and our examples are just two of them. Um, So if you have had a breakup with a friend in your 20s, we'd love to hear your perspective and experience. So send us a DM to at (laughs) blooming.podcast. And finally, let's talk adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we found helpful in navigating our 20s. Britt, what do you have for me this week? I have a book this week. It's called My Titter, My
1: Sister by Marley Silva.
0: This one has been on my list for an embarrassing amount of time. Oh
1: my God. Do you have it? No. You can,
0: can I borrow yeah, it? Yeah, of
1: course. Because I'm
0: done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I do have a confession. Even though I bought this book last year, I only read it. This month,
0: slacker.
1: Honestly, I've been dying to get to it, but I had already started two other books, and I needed to finish them first because I'm pedantic like that. Um,
0: I can't believe you were even reading two at one time. What the hell? I have to do one at a time. (laughs) That gives me so much stress and anxiety. How do you remember the differences between the two? It's like,
1: well, there's a long pause between each of, like, so I started one left it for like a month or two and then I got excited and started another one that I bought and then waited another month or two like this has been over six months like how do you honestly please please don't judge me that I've only read like two books in the last six months I've been busy
0: (laughs) but I just don't understand how you remember the plot line I obviously have the memory of a fish I I could not hold on to a story for that long (laughs) like once I shut a book I feel like what happened in that book just escapes, flies my mind. out the door. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that was good, done. Yeah, good. <laughs> What's it about? Next, next, please. <laughs> but no, I do need to read this one. It, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, so I bought this on pre order last year
1: because I have been following Marley Silver for a while and love what she's doing for the First Nations community, in particular, young, mem- young women. Marley is a Gamilaroi and Dungati woman and previously hosted social media initiative Titters for Titters with Mama Mia Oz and has now started her own podcast called Always Your Stories where she yarns with lots of deadly people. I'm going to have to add that one to my list mm-hmm. as well. I didn't know she had a podcast. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Her book is a celebration of the female Indigenous experience through truth telling. I really like this description on the blurb, so I'm going to read it out. Some stories are heartwarming while others shine a light on the terrible realities for many Australian Indigenous women. But what they all share is the ability to inspire and empower, creating a sisterhood for all Australian women. I 100% support bringing all Australian women together. Me too. Marley introduces the book by saying, "'My Titter, My Sister' will only scratch the surface of experiences of some of our most influential and educational aunties and titters from the past and present before launching into the hopes and possibilities of all of you for the future. Dive into this with an open mind and an open heart.'" My favourite quote from the book is from a story of Molly's youth when she was struggling with her self-identity coming from two cultures. Her dad is explaining two cups of coffee, one with milk and one without. He says, ''They're coffee, both of them. It's what they've always been and what they'll always be. This one, gesturing to the lighter coloured liquid, is no less coffee than the other. It doesn't matter how much milk you add, they'll never not be coffee.'' And she comes back to this concept later in the book, writing, I've never been able to understand the Western obsession with using visual indicators to justify or box in an individual's identity, be it race or factors like disability, gender and sexuality. This thinking is so restricting and is in complete opposition to the nature of the human condition. For me, it's simple. Human beings are fluid entities that cannot be put into boxes. There is no one way to be woman or man, to live be you old or young, to raise children, to have a career, or even to live a happy life. And equally, there's no one way to look or be Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. This quote really resonated with me coming from a white background because I think Marley explains beautifully the importance of being open-minded and committed to continuous learning. We can't confine people based on their external appearance. We are all capable of so much more. We're all human,
0: but everyone is on their own path. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why we want to have so many guests on here so we have so many lived experiences because we're just too pretty insignificant and very like mainstream voices in yeah. such a diverse world so yeah I everyone's
1: think got their story and i liked that about this book she told so many stories from mm-hmm. people in the first nations community so yes i loved it i got through it in a few days because it was such an easy read and has beautiful artwork throughout from the talented rachel sarah contemporary aboriginal artist from goring goring country I definitely learn a lot from this book about the strength of sisterhood, community and resilience and the importance of all of us seeing and celebrating each other. I think both Indigenous and non-Indigenous people will get a lot out of this book and
0: I highly recommend you give it a read. Okay, you've convinced me. I'm going to stop being so slack, get off my ass and read this book. It yeah. sounds like a really insightful and educational read, but also like a really powerful story.
1: 100%. Yeah. What is your Adulting 101 resource though, Tessa?
0: I feel like mine is nowhere near as deep as yours is. That's okay. So originally I was going to recommend a Spotify playlist, but I was reminded, yes, by myself, that I have zero taste in music. Like no one Mm. is interested in my taste of music. It's like very specific, (laughs) I guess. And so instead I landed on a blog that I want to share with you all.
1: Can you just share the Spotify playlist? Because oh, I, I feel like people will then... Can
0: I do two then? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> since Brit has bullied me, yeah. the Spotify playlist is called Workout Music Hits 2021. <laughs> it's, don't laugh at me. Oh. <laughs> I just I just want to know what's oh, on it. What did you say okay. it's called? Oh. Right, I'm
1: doing a live search.
0: It's called... Um, what? workout music hits 2021 so it like describes itself as workout motivation music for your training session anyway it like has old and new songs but they're like remix I don't know what type of remix it is like what genre it makes it but it like can sing along to the classics that I love but like in a remixed boppy way so that it like has a mm, high so you get so that your heart rate like, right up yes I can get my heart rate up nice so yeah I like that it's like I don't know um, what's like an uh, You
1: like, never know. You might find a listener that has the exact same music taste as you, and then you'll feel a whole lot better about your music taste. I could, <laughs> but I
0: feel like I've just fully like laid myself out there. I feel so vulnerable. Otherwise, now.
1: all of our listeners might think that it's the worst, and then agree that you have the worst taste.
0: Well, okay. I just want to say that this is not my usual taste. This is a very small sliver <laughs> that only comes out when I'm doing a workout and. I, I don't need do that boxing. many, yeah, exactly. <laughs> boxing, like, I need something that's like good, but I get frustrated if I don't know the song. So it needs like to be high energy, but I also need to know. The to songs. distract
1: yourself, yeah, so that you're, yeah, and okay. also
0: yeah to like keep me moving because I move to the beat. So this like combines the both. I'll them. give
1: it a go this week. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. Please <laughs> don't kill me. Ugh. This is much better than the very basic playlist I was listening to. <laughs> previous to that one okay don't
1: mention that one then I'm not
0: going to absolutely not so what was your original um resource okay i thought you'd never ask but um brit and i have mentioned briefly in previous episodes how we want to and ask driving to be more conscious with our shopping this is actually deeper than i thought it was i forgot that yeah this was my, i know what yeah, you're talking about anyway so be more conscious with our shopping and how we want to support local and shop ethically and sustainably While well, i'll be the first to admit i have like a really long way to go but yeah this resource has helped me take steps in the right direction And so my recommendation is to go and read Brit's list. It's not my list. (laughs) A different Brit, just to clarify. So it's a guide to sustainable and ethical fashion in Australia. And I'd also recommend you sign up to the newsletter because that is also a great resource. So I actually work with Brit from Brit's list. And you may occasionally see my name appear under an article too. Essentially, the whole reason I started my like trying to be better about my purchasing decisions was because I used to come to work and she would bully me oh my for my my bad choices <laughs> and also try and like nudge me in the right direction at the same time um but yeah even writing for her has really helped like my education in this topic um so one of the reasons that i love this site is because there's just so much content on there it's being updated all of the time like it tells you from like the best places to shop and then like also interesting articles that are super informative and educational such as the fashion certifications you might come across in Australia and what they mean because let's be Mm, real. That's so useful. Yeah, two years ago I wouldn't have even known that fashion certifications existed. Mm, I don't even know what like they all are and what they mean. Yeah, exactly. So it's so interesting and she also does like product reviews as well. That's a new thing. And there's also another new thing that's coming very soon. I'm not going to give you any spoilers because I don't know if it's public knowledge yet. But anyway. Now it's a bit of a clickbait to just follow her newsletter and to keep up with her. Um, but, yeah, now, as I have said, I still have such a long way to go. So no hate on any of the clothes that I wear or my obscene amount of online shopping deliveries. I promise I'm getting better. But she's trying. No, I am trying. I'm being more conscious, but it's a process. It's yeah. a process. No, and I'm me getting too. better. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think that, like, it's so important and the more you can learn about it, the better. So like, yeah and I just think that I was so oblivious and I, it is being talked about more and more but when I first um, came across this resource I literally had had like zero idea that what like my shopping habits yeah. were being so detrimental to like That's so many thing, areas like, of
1: the world. As the regular consumer you don't know what to look out for on a retailer's website that distinguishes whether they're being ethical.
0: Exactly and I feel like um, I think it's called I think Brit calls it the other bread, I think she calls it greenwashing. Mm. It kind of means that brands pretend or like it comes across that they actually are more ethical and sustainable than they are. So they might say mm. like, this is really important but they might not actually have certifications or they like are really good in this one area. Like I feel like lots of places have been like, okay we're doing great for sustainability because we have reusable packaging or like biodegradable packaging. But then they're not mentioning all the other awful stuff that they're doing in the background. Right. Yeah, so they like come across as being really good but actually aren't. And if you were to send them an email and be like, where are your clothes actually made? They wouldn't be able to give you a good Uh, answer and stuff like that. And the other thing that I really learned from her is which I struggle with a little bit is that she's really against sales, like sales, Mm. because she just thinks that it's, because you're not supporting the brand
1: by buying when it's on sale yeah
0: I think so and it's like if anyway I feel like you should go and read it because I don't I'm going to butcher the explanation of it but her Instagram is also a really good resource too she says shares lots of informative stuff on that
1: I'm definitely going to sign up for that newsletter and follow them on Instagram thank you so much for that recommendation Thank you for listening to another episode of Blooming. If you haven't already, please come find us on Instagram at blooming.podcast. If you're enjoying our content, please DM us your thoughts on this episode and what topics you'd like us to talk about in coming episodes. Or you can let us know by sharing a story of how you're listening or using one of our Adulting 101 resources and tagging us. We'd love to share your experiences on our stories.
0: Oh, stop it. That's so cute. I would love to see how you guys are listening. I was going to say watching. Log. you're definitely not watching. How <laughs> hey, you guys are listening to us. Oh, that'll be awesome. But also, we're asking so much from you and I'm going to ask you for more. because Do the work
1: for yeah, us, everyone. Yeah,
0: yeah but you could also, if you felt like it, um, <laughs> let us know by hitting the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify and even maybe just leaving us a little review or rating. We are so grateful for the feedback and it helps us to keep building our blooming community.
1: Even the constructive feedback at Kate Charters.
0: Thanks Mum. really. Chat next week, buds.
1: Bye. If you're you're enjoy our content, please DM us.
0: (laughs) Are you a robot? (laughs) Bring Brit back. (laughs) Ah, Oh my goodness.
1: uh, (laughs) Adulting.